to show our appreciation for your support. Make, 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 make them clap to this. Thank you, DJs. intellectual truth and how that's tied to our emotions. It's unavoidable. I don't think I shared this story yet on this podcast. When I was about in third grade, this motivational speaker came and gave a Tony Robbins style lecture to us. And I remember him saying, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes perfect patterns. Uh, that made such an impact on me. I felt like that was like rocket science. And afterwards, I stuck around and I told him how how meaningful his words were to me. And he was very friendly. And he, he told me, you know, work hard and I could achieve all my goals. And I was like, wow, yeah. That's, it, it's, it really affected me. That may have been like a Wednesday or a Thursday. Maybe even a Friday. And then the following Monday, it was reported that he, he killed himself over the weekend. And I, I several of my classmates uh, were making jokes, you know, gallows humor uh, about, you know, how a motivational speaker can commit suicide. And I kept thinking then, and, and to this day, Maybe he was pretending to be put together. Maybe something happened over the weekend. Maybe if he was just honest that he doesn't have to be something, then it would have all worked out. I'm aware that nobody knows what anybody goes through in life. That without honesty, any of us really can go from a seemingly good time to total darkness. I think the tricky thing about being human is that we crave experiences, yet we look for comfort. Logic tells us rarely do new accomplishments occur through straight lines, and yet that's the exact pathway we hope for. If we want growth, if we want true growth, we can't cherry pick the good from the easy. I get frustrated and, and honestly I get depressed when my arrows fail to hit my targets. But I remind myself that discomfort is the environment for learning, that the journey is the destination. Life is not really designed to be easy. Uh, look at nature, look at omnivores and carnivores, the hunted, the hunter. If you want an easy life, then you have to eliminate all your goals and expectations. If you have plenty of goals and expectations, then get ready for hardship. And I think that's part of the process. It's okay. It's okay to experience uh, bad times. I think those make the good times that much better. 
You're listening to the Vandal Trong Curious World Podcast. I'm your host, Vandal Trong, and my guest today, uh, we get into a lot about uh, self-awareness and self-reflection, intellectual and emotional honesty. Um, I had a great time. I think this is a great conversation. Uh, we balance, you know, being a, a creative person uh, in a technological age. Uh, it was very insightful. And I think you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Without further ado, my super duper conversation with my man, Bobby Ba. You want a podcast? Great. So you have some audio on your website that nobody goes to. You're listening to Vandal Tron's Curious World Podcast. Sit back and relax. Everything's going to be cool. I would first try to do writing uh, and while working in a restaurant and everything and I found that a lot of my experiences and as as a high school student wrestling doing all that stuff like I found a lot of aspects that like transitioned over uh, transitioned over into like my adult life and as I started getting better at writing and trying to ingratiate myself in all things literature and then trying to do tech, I found that when trying to, when trying to master something in, in writing, I learned how my brain worked a little bit better than I, did, than I ever did as a kid when I was just kind of like taking in information and not really like having to set up my own way of thinking and so as I started going into tech and started realizing like one I had a certain confidence that I could pick up things like I, I, I will say like doing multiple things does require a little bit of confidence in yourself or else you're just you're always going to feel defeated by that feeling like all this information is too daunting and uh, blah 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 so it it, it was one, like having a little bit of belief in what I was doing, and two, like just understanding how your brain works and how you pick up things, and like being patient with like learning something. Like you know, it's not gonna come instantly, but if you had the belief that like if I take a month or two and like I commit myself mentally to learning this, then I'll eventually get there. You know, uh, I do think there's like that. What's that saying? Like ten thousand hours. Oh, yeah, something, yeah. something something like that yeah and I I do feel that way I don't know if the the 10,000 hours is exactly right but I know some something about committing yourself to something learning how your brain works can really allow you to do multiple things because I don't think like we we didn't grow up or humans weren't made to do one arbitrary things that humans made up you know what I mean like everything we we've done has is kind of rooted in a similar place I think in, in our head and so um if we can just find those things that that allow people to be successful across different things then we can do it like I don't I don't think there's like a secret trick to anything like I I really think that like you, it's it's a lot about understanding yourself too like if you if you can understand yourself, what you like, what motivates you, then you can 
achieve many different things and find some like yourself. I agree. I think the key is to understand yourself. But what do you say to those people? I, I, you, here's what I see. I see so many people, you know, try things and then maybe they don't, and they evaluate mm -hmm. their success, um, or, or that you know, evaluate their 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 experience based on their success. Mm -hmm. You know, like oh well, I. I put in X amount of time or X amount of hours, oh, I didn't, you know, I, I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. And then they'll move on to something else because, mm -hmm. you know, this, this idea of wasting time. Um, how, do, how do you think, how do we balance that? How do we get away from that? Because I, I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, if we want to achieve things, we have to put in the hours, we have to put in the work. Man, I really think, like, not to be redundant, but it's, well, it's hard for people to understand themselves. I think I think sometimes a lot of people kind of find these molds that are very easy for them to fit and so because it doesn't actually require them to really know themselves uh, it, it, it's I personally can't I have tried to fit into a mold I'm not trying to say I'm above that or anything like that but um, I have tried to fit in molds throughout my life and felt very uncomfortable in them so it forced me to like make my own mold and try to understand who I am and I think people kind of skip that I, I don't know if it happens at adulthood some people never really happens and they kind of just go on living and doing what they uh, are expected to do so one you gotta you gotta know yourself and understand like why you're doing something do you like it uh, because the idea of like wasting time like that's understandable. There's definitely, like, you can... There is only so much time you have in this world, and you kind of want to do the things that you... that you find yourself passionate about. So, if you never have any passion for anything, if you don't like anything you're doing, then, like, of course it's going to feel like wasting time. Like, it's... It, I don't I don't know how, what to tell you. Like, some things will feel like a waste of time if you don't find any joy in it, so... I think a lot of it is the fear of yeah. failure. Yeah. Um, so you brought up, so one thing that we both have in common, we were both high school wrestlers. And um, I remember the, you know, when you're, I mean, I've, you know, I've spoken to uh, professional fighters, professional mm -hmm. MMA fighters, and they've all, you know, a lot of them have said, re wrestling practice is the hardest, pra you know, that's the He's hardest. Like, yeah, and I remember like wanting, having like, be on the verge of puking after certain um, practices. But I remember my coach said, you know, a lot of people fail uh, because it's, you know, you get um, pinned not because of a maneuver, because you mentally break down. It's mm -hmm. that fear of, yeah. uh, I, I don't want to get hurt mm -hmm. or I don't want to get embarrassed. I don't want to get outpointed. You know, that, that you know, that 15 point lead, I, I'm just going to end it now. And there's something that breaks in you mentally. Um, it's, it's... How, how do you, how do you, why do you think people are so afraid of that? Ah, oh, man. Why? Um, I think it's it's a little bit of our, our culture. Uh, there's this kind of like... I don't know. It's one, you're expected to have a level of success depending on where you come from. Uh, whether you come from like middle class or you know, it, 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 I think there is certain expectations. Like, you, you do this, you have a job, and blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, and so 
because of these expectations that are kind of like a lot of them are outdated too like a lot of things that we expect of ourselves are super outdated because this world's so different and so if they don't achieve these things then it's kind of like what am I doing you know and I, I think that's part of it uh, I think I think there's also something with like again like optimization about this country and like how we've kind of lived throughout the last hundred or so years like I think America American culture kind of lately has kind of uh, tended towards more like specialists and like you don't want to do two things because then you're just going to suck at you're going to suck at both things instead of be really good at one you know <laughs> And uh, yeah, this this idea of I'm the best at this. Yeah, yeah, we always want to be the the best in the world and blah 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 and like on top of everything, which is great. But sometimes it removes you from being from thinking differently, thinking outside of the box, and and instead of like instead of people, I kind of find like people are always trying to reach a bar instead of like have their own path. You know what I mean, like instead of like making their own personal goals like they don't really have that it's just like kind of like these goals that have been around forever and that everybody should achieve them and not really thinking about like why we're doing it what's the end goal of it all those kind of things do you find that a lot in uh in art I think it really depends on... It's a long... <laughs> I think it really depends what you look like, <laughs> too. I think... What you um, look like. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, you I, mean labels. People yeah, labels and, like, who you are and what you do and, like... So, I remember you asked me a long time ago my inspirations and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I mentioned Kanye. And this was, like, right after the Trump thing. So, it was very, like, <laughs> like oh, no. Why am I saying that? But, like, I had to say it. And mainly because, like, I don't know. I find his story very interesting, especially for uh, black people, black artists, or people who can kind of feel this glass ceiling. Because he is someone who... Uh, was a producer and then a rapper and then all these fashion things and blah 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 and a lot of his like public rants and all these things kind of express how people want him in a box uh, and how and he expresses too like how like they want rappers to stay in a box and only do these things and don't get too good at everything else don't dip your toe in that because we don't really need you outside of that space uh, and I mean, there's different reasons for that. I don't think it's just like we don't want black people to spread their wings. I think there's, I think there's a lot of ego in art, uh, and there's a lot of ego because one, I don't think the general population understands sometimes what it takes to be good at something artistic. They think it's just like this natural thing that people just do, and there's like a lot of like hard work behind it. So if you see somebody else from another field saying like, "Oh, I want to do this now." Like, oh, I like that's that's nice. It's gonna be a little fun for me, and it's almost like I understand why people would feel like disrespected to think that you can just enter another field. But at the same time, I'll trade brain brain surgery. Yeah, yeah, no, but like I've, I've seen a, a Chicago Hover ER. <laughs> yeah, like I get that. I, I I get that, but I also think that like, but there's also other artists out there who do a multitude of things like. Uh, who are just kind of like not, maybe not celebrities, but they're artists. Like, and they they use different mediums to do their art, and if 
or they do photography and they do writing like someone like uh like patty smith like mm-hmm. she did a multitude of things like yeah she was a musician but she was also like, a writer and and like has i don't know just has this very like wide uh effect on the culture at large especially in new york like it's just it's not it wasn't just her music it was more of just like who she was as, a, as an artistic person but that's rare like not a lot of people get to do that and i think i think we'd benefit if we let people do that if we let people explore different things like you don't have to be the best at everything like what is even the best you know what i mean well especially when it comes to art because yeah. that means you're it becomes competitive yeah you know yeah. um like i've always felt that it was kind of ridiculous that we give awards out to art yeah. i mean it's yeah. it's not a, like a horse race or anything i know but, um, the, but they need it <laughs> i feel as, like as an artist have uh-huh. you felt have you ever been uh, uh do you ever felt that you've been labeled or people have kind of projected what they want mm-hmm. you to to your message to be based on you know the way they perceive you yeah i mean when I first started writing, I don't think I, I don't think people thought I was stupid or anything. But I don't I don't think they thought I could write. Uh, before that, I was playing. I was I played a lot of guitar and stuff, and uh, and so people kind of saw that like okay, like he's into those kind of artsy things. But I feel like it 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 took a while for people to even consider that I write at all. And then after that, and like getting into tech and doing all that people were kind of just like what like what is he i can't yeah, like, i can't why? Him down. like why and for me for me personally it was like yes i want to be a great writer but i also like if i specialize only in writing part of me is going to be forced to not necessarily write the way i want to or write in the like kind of uh, structure that I want to and you kind of have to like you kind of just have to go with what pays like like whether like I'm more personally I'm more into like writing uh, short stories and fiction and like something a little bit more long form but it seems like a lot of the writers nowadays they have to uh, start off by doing like short form blog posts and magazines and articles and stuff like that and kind of write about things that are not really maybe what they first thought they were going to be doing uh, when they became a writer or doing like a puff piece for some kind of magazine like it's, it's some of it didn't really seem attractive to me and I felt like well one that seems really great uh, having forcing my art to forcing my art to fit a mold that sells constantly not just sell one time or sell a few times. Like, the idea that you have to, like, write stuff all the time just because that's how our media works nowadays, that you have to write a lot of stuff. And that may not be what you want it to be. So that was really unattractive to me and kind of, like, turned me off to writing as a career. So I was, like... And also, I, I, I met other writers. Like, I remember going to a reading in, like... I think Prospect Park or something or somewhere around that area and I there was this reading and met a bunch of writers and like they were lawyers and 
some were journalists, which is obviously kind of in the same vein, but, like, they were, they were doing other things, and it made me realize, like, oh, okay, like, what I'm feeling about, like, strictly being a writer only for, for however long it takes to feel like an accomplished writer may not be what I want to do, and it's kind of limiting. Mainly because, also because I have, like, all these other things I'm into, and that I may not seek, I may not get real profit from what they may feed into other things. Like, they may feel a little freeing because of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's a big thing, too, is, like, profit. Like, it, you, you need to make money, and that's just the way the world works. At, and that's fine, um, but the idea that you have to just do one thing to make a living was, was kind of uh, unattractive to me, given what actually sold. Right, it's it's uh, it becomes very challenging when you put commerce uh, uh, and you you put that onto something you you would do for free, yeah. and then when you have to do it to um, as a means, then then there's a potential for compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to your point, I think and this is something that I wanted to ask you about. I think a lot of writers, particularly you know, when you have not just blogs but you know even established writers who are uh bestsellers mm-hmm. you know it's always okay your book your last book was this yeah what's next yeah. what do you got and so um there's that and i guess that's for every artist but i, I find that it's exceptional for for writers yes. um with, with this day and age and i see this across the board with all mediums with music and filmmaking so there's not as many gatekeepers. You know, you and I can self-publish a book and put it on Amazon. So there's less gatekeepers, but now it seems like there's more there's more uh more content and not all of it is good. Yeah. Yeah. So how 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 does your insight of technology inform your creative process or maybe it's vice versa? Um I mean, that's a that's a interesting one. I mean, I feel like um, the creative process. I feel like technology has forced me to kind of uh, consider the idea of platforms more, and like what they actually mean, and like the importance to them. Like, to your point, like. The, because of the internet age and age of information and how the bar is kind of lowered, uh, the idea of platforms is really, really important now. Like, you have, you have, uh, like, you can't just be a writer. Like, if you're a writer on, like, if you write for Fox News and you write for New York Times, that's a whole different, that's like a whole different thing, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the platform really matters now. Not that it didn't matter before, but we're getting to a point now where there's so much content that you have to be kind of, you have to validate yourself through a platform a little bit. Like you Sometimes they people have done it in a very salacious way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's tough. And I will say that uh, tech has also helped me be like kind of a better collaborator. Um, mainly because something about 
your own creative work. There's a lot of ego there, and like you don't want people to touch stuff and like right. and edit that. You're very sensitive to certain things, and I think technology is kind of like made me understand. I don't want to say understand the consumer, but understand that you kind of need to compromise a little bit. Like, like uh, you can't just have this really like esoteric work that's tough on people to understand and like I think as an artist sometimes you have to understand what you're giving your audience and what you're like keeping under the hood so that they can discover it later mm-hmm. um, and like some artists are more generous with their work like they'll give you everything up front and like there it is that's everything and like that's it and then there's other art there's other artists and whatever medium they're like no this is gonna be tough like this is gonna be a little difficult like you should you should have a little bit more training or history behind behind whatever you're consuming in order to really appreciate this, you know? Like, there's a difference between Of Mice and Men and Infinite Jest, like... Can you have that same approach with your uh, work in tech? Uh, you... I... F- yes, I think if you understand who your, uh... who your audience is, like, I think that's a huge, huge part of tech is understanding who your audience is, like... When you, when when people make apps, they have to have a, a use case or a user story behind it, because if you can't, and that's really the emphasis on like if you don't understand your audience and who it's for, then why are we even doing this? And I think that's kind of forced me to uh, look at my writing and be like, who is this for? Like, and it's a little bit more vague in, in art, obviously, because like it's not just statistics and somebody else can pick that up and it's like more about life experiences and relating to something and all that but it has forced me to kind of like look at things and be like who is this actually for like is this for a kid like me is this for who's the end user yeah yeah the end user who's the end user at the end of the day and uh so like yeah you you have to kind of like have an idea in tech of like who you're who you're giving this to like who you who are you making this for are you making it for someone like yourself are you making it for someone like your mom or something like that like it's that has to be determined or else they're not really gonna finish making that how how do you feel uh about what technology is doing from a um i guess not necessarily just uh, a, a creative lens but i guess in general you know uh you know, I think technology. Every, I think everything has its good and its bads. But if we're gonna talk about the, as, to me as a black person, I think technology has been really awesome. I think it is. <laughs> is it just for black people? Well, for people of color, I'm. I can only speak for black people. But like for people of color, I think it's a huge equalizer. I think a lot of barriers have been have been broken, like socially. Uh, it's weird to say that because of how like the way the world is right now and how America is really divided but I feel like there's a lot of things that were kind of just like in the unknown like uh, like I don't know like even like Black Lives Matter is based off a platform that like people that probably newspapers probably wouldn't have picked up if this was 1990 you know like they probably probably would have been there and like an article and then just kind of like washed away and now that we kind of have like these platforms for our own voices, I think it's been great. Like, there's a lot of negative things, but there's a, there's a lot of negative things <laughs> about it. But 
I think that uh, minorities. I think that minorities have really uh, done well because of it. Like, so to your point, what you just said. Do you think uh, the internet or social media or whatever uh, have created platforms that are bringing people together, or or more solidifying groups? Uh, it's solidifying groups, but that's technically bringing people together. I mean, there's, it's tough because in a way it's like minorities don't have to feel like the minority in certain places, like even Trump supporters. I think something that people don't realize is that Trump supporters are the minority. Like they, like, I know there's a lot of people who voted for Trump and blah, 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 but like real Trump supporters are actually the minority. It's just that. I think they get one. There's Russian bots out there, so like that helps. So, but like, they've always been a minority. It's just that their voices are so amplified because of these platforms that we actually are thinking like, you know what? Like these people may not be the minority, but they still are. And I think the same goes for like people of color. Like, uh, like we are the minority, but like our voices are starting to be amplified because it's like one. There's an echo chamber. Two people can look in and be like, "Wow, that's actually really interesting," and like, uh, and then people can see commonalities between each other. Like, Asians can see the commonalities between Black people and like how we can grow together. Because like, in in cities, like, there's a deep relationship, and like, also like in hip hop, there's a deep relationship between Asians and African Americans, and like, there's a history there. It's and uh, it may not have always been noticed, but because of things like internet and there's different like especially in Brooklyn there's different like collectives out there and where you oh, can yeah. like kind of like realize these things like oh da- like, dance food and martial arts for sure yeah like, it's always been there it's always been there but I think it's kind of like uh, it's kind of just been like well like whatever that's like a small group of people but now these people can actually see each other and like like oh like this exists like it's not just me you know so I think I think we kind of, it, it. I think it's great, and I think we just kind of need to understand what's really happening in the world, and not get too consumed with what's in it. I agree. I think. Um, uh, I think the internet poses a lot of uh, capabilities where you know if you wanted to watch cat videos all day, you could. You could also, if you had issues with like your. A sink you could find out how to fix it on mm-hmm. the internet mm-hmm. um, or if you could you know buy, buy a new car or meet people of your religious background um, my uh, what I'm cautious about is how this affects the creative process mm-hmm. um, yeah. when I was you know being a writer requires isolation and I don't mean physical you could be in a park, but I, I can't. I don't think. Yeah, no. it's not. It's not a collective thing unless maybe you're collaborating, but it's usually you have to have an isolation in your brain, and I think we sometimes get into a habit of, you know, you, if you ever go to like a public place, uh, like a, a cafe, a bar, or airports, or even or the best place, just observing people in public, and they don't. I think people have lost the ability to be by themselves, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. they'll, they'll they're they're playing on they're watching something on an iPad or playing on their phone, 
what whatever it is. Maybe they're reading an article or, or saying, you know, coordinating when who they're gonna meet with. Uh, but my point is, you're there. We are all constantly plugged in, yeah. and I'm not commenting on that because that's just that's the flow of yeah. where we're going. But from a creative perspective, I feel like there's no reset, and I'm starting to see that in uh, in the output, in, in you know, in, across the board of movies and, and music, and um, it, it seems to be there's. Oh, as we were saying before, yeah. there's more content. I'm seeing a lack of originality and daring. Yeah, I think uh, I think people are definitely more cautious than ever to like. They don't want to feel out of sync. Like that's really the thing. Like I couldn't imagine like adults knowing the same songs as teenagers. And like you know like they just now now we all kind of like consume similar things like they kind of like know it more like I like I know what the kids listen to because I go on SoundCloud <laughs> like, right. you know what I mean and we have all these things and metrics to kind of keep us in the loop and I guess in terms of like creativity I don't think we've changed I just I think we're getting caught up in stuff and we're kind of forgetting some things like I think something about the internet and constant connection is kind of, we kind of have a very short memory. We have a super short memory. And so we can kind of keep convincing ourselves that ourselves that things are new when they're really not, they're probably not that new. They're just kind of like revamped and kind of given to us in a new package. And I think when you, I haven't read for a few months, so. I haven't done this, but like when I was writing like a lot consistently, consistently, I would, I would delete my Twitter and Instagram, or just delete it off my phone, not my account, but just delete it off my phone, so I don't have yeah, that like natural. Are you crazy? I'm not gonna do that. That's <laughs> insane. Uh, but like, I delete it off my phone just so I can get rid of that impulse to like constantly click on it whenever I do open my phone. Like, you ever like look at the weather and now you're deep in? Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so guilty of this. I'll look up something. Somebody will text me, and I'll reply, and I'm like, "What the fuck did I even try to look up?" Exactly. Yeah, maybe it's the weather. Like, I'm gonna go outside, and like, I'll get a text, or what the fuck? No, I, I gotta look at the weather again because exactly. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I think our memories are feeling shorter. Um, and like, I don't know any phone numbers. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't even know my mom was. So I don't know. I don't know, but like. I really think uh, there's so there's this uh, part in uh, have you ever read a hundred years of solitude mm-hmm. and the part where the they have the uh, the banana company come in and then there's like this like constant rain and like people stop sleeping I don't, I don't vaguely know. it's been a yeah, while yeah yeah it's been a few years but like that part stuck in me because like the they were I think it was like they were always it's a long book. But they were always partying or something like that. They were always festive, but they were never sleeping. And so, like, since they were never sleeping, they would, they would kind of forget things. And their memories would kind of, like, fade away because they were never, like, turned off. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, a metaphor. That could be a metaphor for kind of, like, how we're consuming things. Like, we're never, like, turned off. So, like, like we're just running out of space for everything. Like, we don't just take a break and, like, we don't let things settle. And so I think you do have to let things settle. You kind of have to, like, 
you kind of have to like breathe for a second, walk away. Like at least for something I write, like sometimes I like just stop for a second, walk away, and then look back at it because I because sometimes you're just caught up in a moment and you need to not be caught up in a moment to really. I have to do that now with e- even like texts that I write mm-hmm. or email, well, especially emails. Mm-hmm. I have to like rewrite because and I'm always finding mistakes. Yeah, I have to like go back and like oh geez no wait a minute that's. It's, you know, you, not your, it's you are, yeah. you know, or, you know, stuff like that. And I think, I read recently that uh, the average person checks their Instagram 40 times within each hour. That's very possible. Yeah, I That's think it's probably more. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm on the train, there, I've, I've noticed this, this transition, you know, people were reading books and then they were reading, and I guess still people still read like Kindles. And now, and you know, occasionally people will be on their phone and they're playing uh, Fruit Ninja or mm. the the one with the little balls. Oh or, yeah, that's or, 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 or I never I haven't played that one, but that looks interesting. <laughs> but I see a lot of people on like social media, yeah, and looking at or looking at photo, you know, Instagram or Facebook. No, or that they don't even have service. <laughs> and I guess they're just it's saved and they're scrolling at nothing. But um, yeah, I, I think it's just that that um, that dopamine of oh I got a like oh I got another like. And again, I'm not criticizing that because I think every, it's so easy to say to do that. But I, I'm guilty of it. We all are, right? I mean, we should definitely keep in mind that they made these things with that intention. Yeah. That's that's for sure. They've definitely done research and had some of the brightest minds make platforms that are addicting. And so I think that might change. I think, I think, uh, I mean, I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping that changes. But I, I kind of feel like Either the next generation is going to look at us and be like, what the hell are they doing? Like, why are they so obsessed with these things? Like, why are we creating things that, like, don't really help us? And maybe, I mean, it's, I get why it's there. Like, it it makes money. Like, these are the best, like, these are the best places for ads ever. Like, if you want to grab people's attention, like, this is the best way to do it. Uh, and hopefully we'll find a new way to like, you know, grab people's attention so they can buy stuff. But do do you think about uh, privacy? Yeah, I do think about privacy a lot. Uh, I don't like I have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, but I don't share on those a lot. I don't I don't post a lot. No, I, I don't just mean that. I just mean you like. All right, for any, for instance, uh-huh. um, I remember uh, I when I upgraded to uh, I get a new phone and. I was using the maps and I was kind of saying like and I remember I went to my destination and then the the phone asked me do you want to do you want a uh, route oh yeah do you want a route to go home yeah how, how do you know where I live <laughs> yeah that's creepy. <laughs> that's creepy and that's definitely gonna change I think that's definitely gonna change just some either I think companies are kind of going over the edge and not realizing that they're like you're crossing a line I think they kind of sit in these rooms and like create these things and get excited about the technology but don't actually consider like the user and I think how we kind of I think how we kind of create for the user is going to change because people are going to feel uh, just feel differently about how things are in our home I hate like I will not my family has an Alexa, the, mm. yeah, and I hate it. I won't use it. It's like a thing that I'm like, 
There's literally a microphone. Yeah. Listening on everything we're saying. They did an experiment. I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt. No, no, no. They did an experiment where the like music was playing and somebody whispered to Alexa, like, Alexa, I want to have sex with you. And she said, I can't do that. So it's it's hearing everything. Yeah. As soon as you come in and you're saying like, you know, yeah. hey guys, it's cracking. Hey guys, I just went to, I just I, went to Barclays Center. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when that's gonna change. I feel like it's going to. I feel like we've already like crossed the line a little bit, and the next generation is gonna like be like, dude, like no, like you can't just like find wherever we are. Like I, like. Well, everybody, I think people are just so enraptured by this convenience. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, most, I, I don't have one, but I, I would imagine it'd be pretty, it'd be like a fun thing. Convenient, though. I feel like it's not do, that. Do you, a, do you ask, like, what's the weather like? And... Absolutely not, because I have this. <laughs> I have a phone. Well, that's you. But, like, I mean. Yeah. The... I mean, I think it's more of a gimmicky thing. I don't even, I don't know how useful it is. Like, is it really that, is life really that tough for me now? Like, Things we've, this is like the second wave of like, like uh, advanced technology that we've been dealing with, right? Like we've already had smartphones for a while that can have already simplified our lives, and we've had the internet. We've we've kind of already gotten used to these things, and now we're kind of entering this like new wave of like invisible technology and blah blah blah. And I just think people are kind of thinking about it wrong because there's more stuff that's gonna happen. like the whole. Uh, Russia and Facebook hack thing and all that and like the Equifax security breach yeah. and all these things like they're probably gonna keep happening I don't see them stopping people get upset for like 48 hours yeah. I remember Equifax was like everybody was like holy shit and then nobody I don't think anybody cares anymore no and I feel like something's gonna happen where people are gonna be like alright this is enough like we can't live like this where everything's out there like where the world's so small that someone yeah, but across. that same person would be like, but I'm not giving up my Alexa. I don't know. I think there's I think there's something on the horizon. I, I could be wrong. The way things are trending, it looks like it. But I am on the belief that like we get excited about things when we think of things as like as like constant progression. When really it's like uh, it goes up and then it goes down a little bit because people f- feel a certain way about things and like that's too much like. I don't know. I feel like everything doesn't move uh, linearly. It kind of moves up and down. I, I am kind of uh, baffled by what what sticks and what doesn't. Remember Google Glass? Yeah, I, that I knew that was. <laughs> I knew. I, I I was working at a restaurant. I was working at ABC Kitchen, and uh, a lot of Some, somebody came in with them. a bunch of people. I think because it was kind of near Google. I think the Google office is kind of near there, and we'd have these like these people come in and they'd have it and you'd just be like you look so stupid like I just it's it like Judge Dredd or something yeah. right it's got like it looks it's a visor over one eyeball you can't uh, that doesn't look cool like they started outlawing it right like because people were oh, recording everything they were seeing oh I don't I didn't know that I wasn't sure of that but I mean I wouldn't be surprised this it's you got you gotta make it look cool. <laughs> you gotta make it look cool. They had the Snapchat one too, like the Oh yeah. Yeah, and that, I don't think that's working. Um Have you ever done VR? Um I, you know what? I have a VR thing sitting in my room and I haven't like touched it. I don't I don't Have you ever like you've tried it? So you uh, I tried it once for the holidays when I was like visiting family and like 
somebody like my like little cousin got for like Christmas or something and like she was like showing it to me and I don't know it's cool I don't there's something about like trying to bring all these digital things to the physical and like actually make it feel physical that seems like a big hurdle that I don't know if we're completely there yet what I do think is uh, cool and really useful that's going to catch on even more is that is the AR thing is where I think Ikea might use it where you look up some piece of furniture and then like you can put it in your like you can use your camera and then put the furniture in your room and see like how it would actually look oh wearing like the no not even wearing like you know how uh, you know how I don't know if you use Snapchat I, I don't use it like that but you know if you use Snapchat and like on the phone, like your face can change. Oh, like, yeah. well, I only know like the dog ears. Yeah, and yeah, stuff like that. yeah. But think of that. Oh, you're but, saying like, that you? It's on my screen. It. Yeah, yeah. It's on your screen, and then it's there, right. which is cool. That's that actually seems super useful, and I'd love to actually use that. Um, but that's different. It's something about like putting this on and like flailing around. <laughs> so uh, Abdul has has that, and uh-huh. I remember like I he I put it on. And he, I, I had he had me play like a video game, and I mm. thought like, ah, oh, this is not, this is kind of stupid. But then he had like, because it was all like, the graphics were kind of like blocky. Mm-hmm. But then I was like on a mountain in like Brazil, mm. and that shit was freaky. <laughs> like, I'm an adult, and like I've seen these things before, but I was just like, whoa, and like I was tilting my head, and like the camera was tilting, mm-hmm. and um, and I was just thinking like. Man, even like ten years from now, people are gonna say they'll look at it and say like, "What are you fight like? Are you like a primate?" Yeah, like we're that's like that. is that's like how when people first saw movies and like how yeah. they're freaking yeah, out. Like the tra- <laughs> yeah, the trains coming, everybody's leaving the theater. Yeah, 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 that that that's yeah. I mean, I think I think VR. Don't get me wrong. I think VR is gonna play a role in, in our future. Like it's gonna be around. Um, I think they have to find a way to make it uh, weird. Weirdly enough, I think they have to figure out a way to make it social. Like to actually like integrate other people because even the even our technologies is now like uh, called well, think, duty like they it is what well, I think that's the idea right yeah. incorporating AI with it um, yeah. and we we may be on the precipice of I mean if if machines can extrapolate our conversations and provide us what we're just kind of talking about then that's yeah. the next level I was uh, so. I went to this thing, it was uh, on machine learning and AI, and it was this guy from IBM who was, like, talking to us about it, and he pretty much was like, yeah, we're already kind of in that world. Like, we're already in an AI world. Uh, We just kind of don't see it, but a lot of the things that are happening are AI. Like, like the financial system, there's a lot of of AI that goes into that. Um, And he was just talking about a, a bunch of different things and, like, proving, like, yeah, like, a lot of... A lot of things that are happening now, like we're we're there. Like it's just it's just us kind of like accepting it and understanding like how how we play a role. Like it doesn't. I don't think AI is a thing where it's gonna like replace us. Uh, I think we just have to. I think we have to embrace living side by side with it. <laughs> I've seen like Terminator. It. I know how this ends. I mean, <laughs> I, it's 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 that's yeah. Maybe, but that's different though because I think they try to replace humans. Like they. Well, isn't that gonna happen? I mean, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> I'm not gonna say no because I, things are crazy right now. I don't know, but I mean, we 
I think to do a lot of things we want to do in the future, we kind of need it. Like, eventually someone's going to figure out, like, how to really embrace having AI in your life and not, like, not freaking out about it and, like, it being kind of safe. It's weird about, from, from what I've been reading about AI, is there's certain things that it can do really well. Um, like, uh, um, you know, reboot your own, your, your, or, you know, do a, um, an autocorrect of your computer mm-hmm. and clean it up. Mm-hmm. Can't clean your apartment. It just, because that's more of a human function. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the, that's what's missing is that learning component. And I think once, once that's in place, then I think the, I, it's, we're just gonna go off on this other tangent. Yeah, I mean, I think people are already really. I think also older generations are really struggling with like how technology has kind of been in their lives. Um, I was reading this article about how people always had this threat of like since the industrial revolution of how machine is gonna replace humanity. Like that's there's always been cycles of it. It may seem very real now because we're in this like super advanced technological world. It feels like um, where so many leaps have been made in a few years. But uh, I think that there's already a lot of instances like all those Black Mirror episodes. I was just gonna say like Black Mirror. Like I I think it, I think one I think sci-fi if we're gonna talk about it is only a f- reflection of like current times. I don't think it's people looking into the future. I don't I don't I kind of feel like. I mean, if I was writing sci-fi... Some of those things are actually kind of evolving. True, true, like, but... You, have you seen them all? Yeah, yeah. You, you know that one where uh, with Dallas Bryce Howard where she's in that world and she has to be evaluated by likes? Uh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. that is happening. Yeah. That's like happening with Uber. Yeah, for sure. And that that's that's there already. Uh, and I, I was... I was uh, listening to somebody talk on like some podcasts uh and they were talking about how truckers they already are kind of like truckers and like amazon people who work early in the amazon uh warehouse and stuff like that their their lives are already kind of run by ai like the boss doesn't delegate as much anymore they put a computer in your truck or they put like sensors in your in the warehouse and there's strict timelines for everything. Yeah, I think they that. get shocked. There's like a like a, like a <laughs> collar or, or anklet or something. They have to do it in like two minutes. It's Dude, like they get that's crazy, and that's but that's a reality already. It's not there's not so it's not some far off thing. Like that is a reality. Like people are living, and so especially if you don't even understand technology like that, you're you're just a person who is from middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, from a farm, and then you start a trucking job and then all of a sudden you have this thing beeping at you telling you what to do <laughs> and like take a break right right now and then drive right now like that that is in its own way like some weird dystopia for, for people and so I think I think the real risk is like having it's not necessarily getting rid of people but having AI control people because we don't want to like interact with humans ourselves okay so what about self-driving cars I think you're always you're probably always gonna have a human there, like they the the car might be driving, but the human's probably always gonna be there checking on it and like. No, you okay? So we're in a car, uh-huh. then it's driving us yeah. to say we want to go to Atlantic City, right? So we just punch in the the you know we're, our destination and we can you so let, you know who's really an advocate for this is the uh, the alcohol industry. 
Because you and I can just, we can sit back and we can just drink on our way to Atlantic City. That's true. Here's the issue, though. So, who's going to sponsor these things, all right? So, it, it's, it becomes insidious because the, the route can take you to certain places. So, let's say, like, Chick-fil-A is a sponsor of the GPS. Oh, we'll just have them route, route them toward, like, three Chick-fil-A's in a row. Yeah. I'm still going to Atlantic City. And so, obviously, like, then, then subconsciously, right, and maybe I'll get ads on my XM radio. Here's the real issue that, and this is the, I think, the final hurdle when it comes to uh, AI and, and, and cars in particular. So if somebody darts out into the street, let's say there's an elderly white woman and a young, uh, a young, a young Asian kid, right? And so I have to swerve and I can only hit one. I know which one I'm hitting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what does the these, car do? These people should learn how to cross the street first of all. <laughs> what, what does the car do? And is it based on the programmer? And is the programmer saying, uh, yeah, fuck those old, those old <laughs> white people. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. I, wasn't, that a, wasn't that a movie? Wasn't that in a movie where, like, the the character, his daughter died in a car crash? And it, I think it was, like, iRobot or something. Like, his, they were in a, he was in a car crash with his daughter, and a robot came to save him, and they looked at the chances of who's more likely to survive, and they... And he got the dad. They saved the dad instead of the daughter. Really? Yeah. It was Will Smith? It was some movie like that. Yeah. Ooh. It was either that or like Minority Report. Something, something in the future where, where like this, this first scene starts off with like a car accident and then you go on from there. Huh. It's something like that. I think it might be I Robot. I think that's I've been, why I've been kind of falling back. I haven't watched a Will Smith movie in a while. <laughs> it's been years. It's been years. I don't know why I even remember that. But, um, well, so that's one thing too though is that. I think a lot of things that we worry about with AI technology is not really about the AI technology. It's about like how it's like human nature uh, putting its own like biases. Like the the whole thing you said about Chick Fil A, like that's more of a capitalism taking over your life kind of thing. But I need I need this to be funded, right? So you're gonna pay me. Why I'm gonna create this and there's a revenue stream. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I think we I honestly think we should be more worried about. How we treat ourselves, how we treat others, than necessarily yes, how we I think that, but that's more of a that's a moral issue, yeah. and it's hard to regulate that unless we do regulate that. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that are incentivized in our culture that aren't the most wholesome, <laughs> right? But it's going to be very hard to to push back when I'm saying like, look, I, I this is a revenue stream for me, and this is this is why I can I can provide the service for you. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, if if the worst that come out of uh, AI is that uh, just I get rerouted to Chick Fil A, then I guess that's okay. I guess that's. I guess yeah. I gotta start thinking for myself. I gotta turn off that AI and like really like you know what? I'm gonna get that that Big Mac. Well, we'll just announce like old white ladies get clear, clear yourself from the street when Bobby's driving. Yeah, we put that bumper sticker on. There. Like I don't stop for old ladies. <laughs> Or something like that. <laughs> um, well, let, cir- circling back to uh, the, the the creative process, um, is there is there certain rituals that you that you have, or um, certain things that you put yourself in a mindset of when you prepare to to um, uh, create something? Yeah, I mean, to to create something, one I have to like literally think and put myself in the mind and like say I'm going to be doing this because it's very easy to get distracted and like 
just because, I don't know, there's something about creativity and, like, how you can just set a goal for yourself, but, like, the goal is really arbitrary and doesn't really, like, I don't know if it really helps you actually accomplish it. Um, but I will kind of, like, structure my whole day around the creative thing. Even if it's not doing the creative thing, I'm doing it so that I'm ready for the creative thing. Like, if I'm, if I'm planning on writing a thousand words in a day or something, then... I'm gonna wake up at a certain time. I'm gonna have my breakfast. I'm gonna think and like maybe listen to some music. I'm gonna work out so I don't feel like tense or anything and just kind of like sit down and like. So it's more of a when I'm gonna do something creative, I really, I really try to structure my day around that creativity, even if it's not necessarily only being creative. Uh, I think that's that may be a little different from like a lot of other things I do in life, but when it comes to creativity, like everything has to be kind of clicking what does it start with you is it is it uh is it the is it the narrative is it a, a certain characters is it a theme and then what's the seed the seed for me is wanting to talk about something like i i, I want to say something like i want to say something like so there's like some, the last thing i wrote i was writing like a short story and it was about it's about um, it's about a a kid in New York who is it is kind of just like a fan more like fantasy version of like when I was like nineteen twenty and like working in restaurants and kind of like exploring New York for the first time and basically I started out writing that by thinking about how people move how millennials especially kind of are forced to move away from home and like in order to like do what they want and have these dreams and how like that need to kind of like leave the home because there's only so many cities now that like where you can really get those dream jobs those jobs you always wanted like so I kind of started out with the premise of like man a whole bunch of millennials feel very lost because they they're away from home and they have to do all these things and discover themselves and it's kind of different from like past generations a little bit and I want to write about like how leaving home can change you and so I and so that's where it starts it's usually like something like I want to say but like it does it doesn't sound it doesn't sound great talking about it literally so you kind of make a whole story that's just a big metaphor for what that an exploration is. yeah of, of an idea. yeah exactly and so um if I don't have anything to say it's really really if I don't, if I can't think of like what point I'm trying to get across, then it's it's almost impossible for me to write anything. So. Well, because writing is uh, obviously it's it's just it's words, right? Mm-hmm. We're reading words, and and then you know it's unlocking things of our imagination. Are you more audio or visual? Like, you're, do you feel like your writing is more audio or visual? That's that's interesting because I. I didn't know what kind until recently, like, how I... I didn't even know, like, how I learned until, like, recently. And by recently, I mean, like, in the last, like, year or so. And I realized that, like, I'm more of, like, a, a visual person. Like, a little bit of audio, but more, like, a visual person. So, like, when I write, I'm very into, like... Uh, I'm very into describing a scene and, like, letting people get caught up in, like, the details of what a person sees rather than, like heavy dialogue or or something like that like that's I think it's 
really important for me to kind of paint how people see things. Like, I was I was thinking this the other day of how like um, a lot of things in our world are not a lot of things we talk about in the world are not literal. Like, we don't talk about we don't talk about kissing us smashing our face together <laughs> like we talk about it in a completely different way some people some people do some people do and that says a lot about them and how they kiss <laughs> but i think like there's and i don't think people understand that like a lot of things in this world are not like written or explained literally uh, i mean i think that's why i like kurt vonnegut uh, a lot because he had this weird way of actually being very literal with how he wrote about things like very like like he can talk about a uh, a, a, a Russian killing an, uh, a Nazi soldier in a very like almost plain literal way instead of putting all this like fancy words and making it and talking about the blood uh, talking about the blood. slaughterhouse yeah slaughterhouse yeah. five and yeah like, it's almost like clinical yeah it's clinical and that has an effect because the way we talk about war is so like glamorized and that. The fact that he wrote it, like, he, he did the opposite of what a lot of people do, and he just wrote it very plainly and literally, and to see, like, wow, like, that's, that's almost not, like, it's, there's nothing really beautiful about it, <laughs> like. Yeah, I think, I, I'm glad you brought that up, I think that's the pitfall of a lot of uh, novice writers, and I've been guilty of this, is you, you, you have this juicy scene, and you want to, like, you yeah. want to punch it up, yeah. and then you you just it becomes like some fluff yeah, yeah, you know yeah. just like you know he comes home and he sees his lover you know distraught and you know he's yeah. you you would never you would never if you saw that melodrama you'd be like oh <laughs> so why would you write it like that yeah. where you know he's like all these fluff words and it, yeah I, I think I think there needs to be a balance I think you know you're you're writing and you're creating a, a portrait of something and you want to lead the the reader to a destination, but you don't want to spoon feed them. Yeah. Because I think that becomes like a Harlequin novel. Yeah. We're yeah. like, oh god, okay, I get, I get it. All right, he's upset. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I mean, I think anything you take creatively, uh, you, it, it always changes. The rules always change. Like I I remember I used to like as a kid like watch a lot of YouTube videos of like celebrities talking about like how they did something and like. And there's always, like, some, like, bland, like, response, like, how did you do it? You know, just believe, and blah, blah, blah. And I was always get so frustrated. I'm like, yo, that's not the, that's not, that doesn't help me. Like, yeah. But then I realized at a certain point, like, oh, like, there is no rules to any of this. Like, people are just kind of, like, figuring it out. So, like, it's more about, like, your mindset and how you approach things rather than, like, the hard and fast rules of, like, doing this and doing that. Because then art was like that then that'd be so boring like you'd have the same kind of people exactly yeah and you don't want that so uh i i would i would say like for writing like you kind of have to one your job is to gauge what the world is and like tell tell people how you see it or how other people see it or you know like you kind of have to you kind of have to have some kind of like intake before you put anything out you know uh or else it's just like what are you doing like you can't make things in a box like you have to kind of like work with what you have around the world and, and go from there right yeah so so i'm gonna i'm gonna get you out on this mm -hmm. um what are some works of art and it could be a song an album uh painting a 
book, a poem, a movie that that you point to and go, you know what, that that really um, that's had like such an influence on me. Ah mm. oh, man, that is a tough one. Not, not, doesn't got, have to be I have a few things. No, no, I yeah, have a just few. a few. I have a few. I mean, my favorite movie is that like I that has like stuck with me as my favorite. Like they always switch, but uh, there will be blood by Paul Thomas Anderson is my favorite movie because it is a great allegory for capitalism in my opinion and like kind of what it does to people and like it's dehumanizing effects and how it isolates people and how and also like the sound and all the little stuff that makes movies great like it's it's I think it's like you know great A and then uh I'll go I'll go all genres or all mediums uh I think my favorite uh my favorite book would probably have to be Native Son um by Richard Wright that's that that one was like the first because i gonna be honest i grew up being very like just kind of like tired of like the whole black narrative like when you grow up like the the black narrative is kind of like struggle and blah 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 and like and there's and the idea of like uh, black history month and like it's all condensed to this like little fluffy stories yeah some Maya Angelou quotes yeah and I was like that it's not cool like I don't really care about that but like when I started getting around like 17 18 and started like really exploring somebody that's like not perfect like that's that's flawed and like and how they go through the world flawed is like was like really really eye opening for me Um, so not not to go off on a tangent but were the people that were trying to educate you about Black History Month were they Really not non-black. I would say both. I there's this, there's the whole thing with like. I don't like. I can't. It's really hard for me to relate to somebody doing the perfect thing all the time. Like, it's 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 just hard. Like, there's this kind of like, black some some black people have this thing with respectability politics and how like you should never do something wrong. You should hold yourself to a very high standard and like you know like there's no, and there's almost like no room for mistakes or or exploring different things like you always have to stay straight and narrow don't ever have a, a drink of beer or something like that like this like very, because of because you're representing because or? you're representing and also because the stakes are a little bit higher just to be fair like like you could if you if someone smoked weed if you're a black person smoked weed and then got caught by the cops that's probably a different scenario for a white person that smoked weed and caught absolutely by the cops. so i understand where it comes from but i don't like living my life in reaction to what white people do you know what I mean like I'd like to live my life as like a person not like as a black person in America and so the examples of like Martin Luther King and blah 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 were like and they never tell you all the bad the bad things that Martin Luther King did. Right. <laughs> so that, like that's a, yeah that, that, that could be a different podcast it's, that's that a whole different thing too, but like, but like yeah. when I learned about all the like the infidelity he had that actually made me like him more yeah because like he's a human being yeah. exactly and like that's what I was waiting for like just someone who was human and like and they and like they do wrong, but they can still like live. Like they can still go about and be that person and like experience all things as a normal person, you know. So that's it. And then well, white people, they kind of. Uh, I would say that sometimes I think that uh, white people, unfortunately, there's a lot of the history of their own country that they don't know. 
or like just kind of like just think it's a very small part like like I I like how do you not really understand what the Civil War is about <laughs> like you know what I mean <laughs> there's certain there's certain things that they talk about like states rights and I'm like what like that doesn't make sense like and I kind of feel like sometimes they don't know their own history and like how closely intertwined like you are to like these black people and like these uh these Chinese Americans these Japanese Americans and Native Americans like they're a huge part of your history they're, it's not it's isn't it weird that like America all of a sudden became the richest country in the world like you know what I mean there's certain things that I'm like I feel like I know more than you about your own country or your own self like I feel like you like there's some yeah this is something about like white ignorance that leads to you not knowing about their own selves and like having people of color actually know you more you know I think that's the that's your uh, some people are afforded that opportunity yeah. you know yeah. they just have a different lens yeah. you know like the um, um, the you know the the, the little brother big brother mm-hmm. um, symptom of um, I, I know exactly what you went through because it's you know I I, I grew up watching shows that depicted your yeah. your lifestyle mm-hmm. and I've read your books and your adventures I've seen you fall in love I've seen every episode of Friends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah so I understand yeah, yeah. 100% I, yeah. that's their perspective and then I guess you know from from my personal uh, experience I, I've found it um, I've, I've, I've struggled with as an artist that certain people want to project how you know my story should go based on my ethnicity because mm-hmm. you know um, and, and they they do it from a place uh, like they do it from a good place yeah. it's from compassion but as an artist there shouldn't there yeah. you should only serve the story oh. and if we, we should all agree with that right no matter what back, I don't care if you're from Spain Africa yeah. Canada we should all and, and so uh, sometimes that gets diluted because you're projecting something onto me mm-hmm. of what you want me to be or what yeah. I should be to fit your narrative and to make you feel good mm-hmm. yeah uh, so oh I, I guess if we're gonna go back to to favorites or the what was I we were on books so I did books and movies and then uh, a favorite album it's a tough one but or song a song oh I, or can't, I can't pick a song I can't pick a song uh, you can praise Kanye again I can praise Kanye again and that's cool he's he's great he's definitely done I think I think uh, Kanye I'll say this Kanye and Radiohead Rad, Kanye and Radiohead specifically in Rainbows Radiohead is my favorite because I think that's like I don't really like their earlier stuff because they're, they're not really good musicians <laughs> they weren't they just, the music wasn't that really like great like I understand why people love this so much because it's is good for that time, but I feel like the things that last longer, like their their later stuff into like the two thousands and everything. Uh, and Kanye, I think Kanye is super important because he came at a perfect time when there was kind of this like gap between like gangster rap and like conscious rap, and and he kind of like brought those two things together because they weren't really that different at the end of the day. Uh, Except for you know a few things, but uh, and also like he kind of forced people to recognize rap as like a very very high form of music, like not just like something that like 
the youth are listening to, but like we're gonna put an orchestra in this in this song, and like we're gonna do all these things like like actual musicianship, and not saying that previous producers or whatever didn't have musicianship. It's just that like he put it in your face, and he made sure that you understood that this is like this is an opera in a way, you mm-hmm. know, and and that's what I think I appreciate most because now like people the way people look at rap is like very different than the way people looked at rap in like 1998 like there's yeah like there's still great music that like tropical quests and using jazz samples that are like really complex and cool and all that stuff but it just seemed like the because of how adamant he was about his music and where it should be put and like his ego which is which kind of helped propel his music I think like his ego while it's hurt him a lot in different situations, but it's also made people recognize who he is without being like cast aside. So, I think the point, regardless of how people feel about him, is that you have to say like, here's somebody that is, he's he's doing what he wants to do, yeah. uh, as opposed to yeah, um, follow, being a bandwagoner and 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 increasing the volume of yeah. something that's already there. Exactly. And, and Okay, so so one final thing. Uh, so, folks that are that are listening to this, that may be in a situation where they're kind of um, in a rut, or you know, are, are feeling inspired about you know your the, the, this balance of you know of intellectual curiosity blending with technology and, and, and creativity, um, and which is a hard thing to do. You know, what what would be some some you know some final things that you would say to to somebody listening of you know how to um, uh, I guess you know <laughs> to to kind of flip back of some of the videos that you would see like oh just go for it or whatever <laughs> um, you know people who are struggling with you know balancing so much you know yeah. we all live so com- our lives are so complex yeah what what are some things that you've learned that that has helped you kind of keep those balances um I think you need I think one you you have to again you have to know yourself you have to know what you what you enjoy and what is really you or else you're going to feel like you're wasting time two it helps to be an environment where you can kind of do those things like I'm not like it's it's hard to just be a multifaceted person when there's no really no real avenues to explore that so you want to I think it's helpful to actually put yourself in a place where you can do these things where you can interact with people and there's different kinds of people like it helps to be in a diverse area or else you're gonna feel a little little stymied you're gonna feel like there's nowhere to go and everything like that uh so try to find like some kind of try to find some kind of structure to so that you can be dynamic as weird as that sounds but like a little bit of structure will help you focus and concentrate on things that you actually like want to concentrate on instead of like kind of flailing and like feeling like you're half doing this and half doing that so i mean it's, it's tough i'm not gonna say it's easy <laughs> but i think the reward is great because you're gonna stick out and like actually be yourself and like you never i don't know i think there's i think when you become a dynamic person and multifaceted then like you allow yourself opportunities that aren't always that you can't always see when it's like immediately you know so awesome 
Bobby, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, I had so much fun. Uh, sweet listeners, as I always say, uh, you're a part of this conversation too. You're just on the quiet side, so I appreciate you. Bodhisattva, go out and do good in the world. Thanks, everybody. Two jumps in a week, but you think that's pretty clever, don't you, boy? Flying on your motorcycle, watching all the crown beneath you drop. You kill yourself for recognition, kill yourself to never